Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 205. Thanks for listening. And I'm not alone. I have guests. I have Sean and Jim from Pie Factory. Hi, Sean and Jim. Hi, Sean and Jim. Uh, hi, Bill and Jim. <laughs> hi, Bill and Henry. Th- yeah, Henry's in the studio, as it were, too. He's listening to me talk to you guys. Thanks for coming to the show this week. Oh, sure. Sorry sorry, I was late. I just had trouble uh, finding a parking space outside your house. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know security is tough to get through, too. So, um, Happy New Year. This is the last episode of 2019 for the podcast. Yeah. Do you guys, uh, are you big... And there was much rejoicing. Are you big uh, New Year's guys? Do you like to celebrate and, you know, pop champagne at midnight and all that stuff? We usually get, over, get together with friends um, for New Year's Eve and... A few years ago, it didn't last long. We tried starting, a, we tried starting a tradition where we would uh, go over to Starved Rock State Park and have hot chocolate in front of the gigantic fireplace in the lodge. But that only lasted like three years, and we stopped doing that for yeah. some reason. Yeah, it's a bit yeah, of a drive, I suppose. Uh, how about you, Sean? Got big plans for the uh, new year? We're gonna do what we what um, my wife and I usually do. We just. We just collapse and Bomb chicka wa- oh. chow down. Yeah, yeah. let's. Uh, I, as you like to say, the less said about that, the better. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just going to collapse and um, have like leftover. You know, actually, uh, Lisa said, "You know what I want to do? I want to order a mess o Chinese food." Really? So that's probably what we're going to do. Just get some carry out Chinese food. And what we usually do is we stay home and just collapse on the couch. Eat whatever we eat, have some leftover Christmas cookies and fudge or whatever we have. And, and watch the reanimated corpse of Dick Clark. <laughs> well, yeah, in a way, in that we usually pick something that we're going to watch the heck out of. And this year it's going to be Mad Men. Okay. And we're going to watch, uh, here in Chicago, uh, Channel 7, AB, the ABC affiliate. Oh, God. Oh, my God. We have to tune it in like right before midnight because... That, their celebration is so embarrassingly atrocious. They usually have, like, they're usually at three different locations, like, either, like, way out at the edge of town, and another one in the suburbs, and another place, like, out by O'Hare. And Mark G. and Greco, and I forgot the lady's name all of a sudden off the top of my head, but they always have this big, ugly, sloppy, embarrassing kiss at midnight. <laughs> And you can watch Mark them is, get smashed. I was gonna say, Marcus sloshed. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, they're, they I both. I think he are. sloshed. I think he gets sloshed just even before the show starts. <laughs> oh, I think you're right about that. Yeah. And they usually have like some band that no one's ever heard of since 1994. It's usually a one of those one-hit wonders. Like, hey, we have. Well, okay, we happen to have the Gin Blossoms. They're not a one-hit wonder, but they might as might well as well be. be. Yeah. Everybody, welcome to the stage. Soft Cell. <laughs> yeah. No, it's usually a 90s band. Okay. So I, I imagine that maybe they'll have Harvey Danger this time. I don't know. That sounds good. And I think my wife wants to watch Anderson <laughs> Cooper because he... Oh, who's that other guy that they, they he hosts with? The crazy... Because they... they, well, they get, the two of them... They, they got the rid of Kathy Griffin, is right? quite interesting. I, I never liked her. No, I was just as happy to see I her go. Many people that did. Oh, it's like Anderson Cooper and that that other guy. I forgot his is it, name, but he's he's really wacky. Is it Andy Andy Cohen? Is that his name? I think yeah. so. I think so. Yeah, I yeah. know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's like a he's like a nut job, and and uh, um, Anderson could be you know trying to you know, play it uh, be like the Stooge, you know, <laughs> and he just doesn't know what to do about Andy Cohen. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a good time. So that 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 that's our that's our New Year's Eve, and we both have to work on January second, which is oh man, I hate going back to work right after a holiday. Yeah. Well, like, Happy I New Year! Oh crap! I got to get up early for work tomorrow. <laughs> I don't have to for once. <laughs> no, you're see. I'm not you're, proud of that. You're, but. <laughs> you're looking at the glass half full, so that's good. Yeah. All right. Well, I invited you guys. Oh hey, I look at it this way. I have a two day work week. That's right. That's right. Some say the glass is half full, some say it's half empty, and some say, hey, who drank my beer? <laughs> Speaking of beer, I invited you guys here. Ooh, to good single. For beer? Oh, what'd you bring us? Well, I didn't bring you any beer. I'm sorry. This is my, my effort at a segue. I invited you guys here to talk about a thing that, that if you had beer, it would help to get through 
uh, the thing we have to talk about tonight. Oh boy, I know where this is going. <laughs> so I started a tradition last year on the podcast. The last episode of last year, I talked about a video game related movie. And it was um, Megaforce last year. So I decided to do that again. Deeds, not yeah. words. So this year I decided to do that again. And, uh, and then immediately broke that plan and went with uh, a non-video game movie called Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Across this great nation, almost everyone has been affected in one way or another by this terrible tomato onslaught. Mrs. Williams, I understand your husband is missing. Yes, Do you he think is. he's dead? Well, I, I Will you miss him? Well, Will you marry again? <laughs> what if he's laying in a ditch somewhere like, with both his legs broken, calling your name? You will have to find another man, you know. You're no spring chicken. Lives are, are shattered. The nation is in chaos. Death and destruction sweeps the country. Four Square Productions presents perhaps the funniest film ever made. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Attack, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. You've never seen a film like it. This is the incredible story of the world's ultimate disaster. Vicious man-eating tomatoes grow to monstrous proportions. Faced with this unprecedented menace, the president calls upon Mason Dixon, special agent. Aided by his trusty sidekick, Dixon begins to unravel the terrifying mystery of the deadly tomatoes. Dixon is getting close, too close for someone or something. Who could it be? The girl reporter? The ad executive? The press secretary? Or does it go higher? Join Mason Dixon in a race against time as he battles to save the world from the threat of nature's perfect eating machine, the killer tomato. Ain't no time to make a fuss. We gotta get those tomatoes before they get us. the killer tomatoes you've never seen anything like it uh, a game called revenge of the beefsteak tomatoes is at least loosely based on this game so i decided i'm going to check out this movie from 1977 but i didn't want to do it alone so i invited you guys to come uh, and watch it and i'm surprised that you're still speaking to me frankly hey so, i made well, a commitment i stick to it so can't guarantee I necessarily be on speaking terms with uh, either of you two uh, <laughs> after we're done here today. So top level overall, what what do you guys think of this movie? Well, thank you for asking, Bill. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Revenge of the Beefsteak Tomatoes, I I really had a good time playing that game. I like the game. I think it's a, a fine game. You know. Yeah. Um, which is why I thought, okay, the the game's not bad. And they are kind of inspired by this goofy movie. Maybe I should check out the movie. Uh, now, I'm frankly, I'm kind of sorry I did. So, uh, not to spoil the, the end of the review, well, but I, I repeat my sentiments. I had a good time playing the game. <laughs> well, I enjoyed like the first ten minutes, and I enjoyed the last ten yeah. minutes. There's that kind of stretch in the middle where I fell asleep. It's Both it's the sixty three minutes in the middle. That are not so great. Yes. So the movie o actually opens pretty promisingly, I think. You got. It has a very strong. Yeah. You opening. got the woman in the kitchen. She gets attacked by a tomato. The cops can't figure it out. Oh no, she's covered in blood. No, it's tomato juice. And then there's, there's that exciting sequence with the the cops and the military guys attacking the tomatoes, and there's a helicopter crash. I did some uh, sort of half-assed research on this movie. The helicopter crash was not planned. I don't know if you guys right. if you guys yeah, know this or not, but uh, the movie had a hundred and twenty thousand dollar budget in 1977. I think even then it wasn't a whole You're lot of money. Me. So they had this budget and they managed to rent a helicopter. They filmed this big action sequence. The helicopter crashes, which wasn't supposed to happen. The helicopter flies in too low. The rotor hits the ground, uh, flips it over. It's very dramatic, flames and everything. And they kept it in the movie. Blew half the budget. They ended up having to pay $60,000 for this crashed helicopter. But they got a cool scene out of it for the movie. 
And I understand nobody got seriously hurt with that. Nobody got hurt. I don't I yeah. believe so. And they, no. the two guys, whoever they were, kind of ad-libbed some, uh, some lines about how, ooh, did you see that tomato? I can't believe it, kind of thing. And nobody really got hurt. Right. Speaking of not knowing who the two guys were, do you get, did you guys recognize anybody from this movie? The San Diego uh, chicken. I recognize the San <laughs> yes, Diego chicken. That's about it. I don't think anybody in the movie went on to do anything else. There may have been a name or two that I recognized in the closing credits, but I, I really don't remember off the top of my head. I don't remember names. Oh, let's go ahead. It, yeah. Let's put it this way. Out of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Out of 25 people le- uh, listed in the cast on the Wikipedia yeah. page, uh, only three have uh, links to other pages. <laughs> <laughs> the only person I actually did recognize for sure, one of the cops in that opening sequence is Mr. Carlin from the Bob Newhart show. Yes, that's right. I don't remember the actor's yeah. name, but that's who he is. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. He, yeah, he was also in an episode of that 70s show, actually. Oh, was he? I, remember. I don't remember that, but yeah. he's... Yeah, he, was, he was playing a teacher that nobody liked. He's the only face I recognize. I think, I take that back. I think I did kind of recognize the press secretary. Hello? Uh, I recognize his face, kind of, but I don't know why. So I don't really recognize any anybody from this movie. Nobody really went on to do a whole lot, except that one of the actors in my research had said he went on, he, he ran for Congress, <coughs> something. Yeah, yeah, okay, Stephen, I remember reading Stephen, Stephen Peace. Peace. And according yeah. to, and according to, uh, to his Wikipedia page, he was shown uh, on, a, on the Killer Tomatoes DVD... Uh, he was shown walking, wearing a suit, walking into the California Senate with an open parachute attached to his back, spoofing his character <laughs> in the movie. Well, you got you got to milk that for all it's worth, I guess. And there were two other, uh, and the other two actors that have Wikipedia pages are Eric Christmas, who actually has a, a pretty decent uh, filmography. Uh, he was in an episode of Bonanza. Uh, he was in Monty Walsh, Andromeda Strain, Johnny Got His Gun, Harold and Maude, Columbo, Last Tycoon. Okay. Oh, a mystery science theater oh. movie, codenamed Diamond. Oh, okay. Um, Enemy of the People, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Of, um, obviously, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. The Changeling, Middle Age Crazy, Porky's, Porky's 2, Philadelphia Experiment, All of Me, Porky's Revenge, Happy Hour, Home is Where the Heart Is, Whispers, Bugsy, Ed and His Dead Mother, <laughs> Naked Gun 33 and a Third, Almost Dead, Seinfeld, Air Bud, and Mouse okay. Hunt. So he had a career, you know? So. He yeah. had a career. And for the record, uh, the uh, other person that we recognized was Jack Riley. He was oh, yeah. uh, the one who played Life Riley. Mr. Carlin in That's uh, it. Bob yep. Newhart. That's show. it. All right. So I feel like we should sort of explain what the story is, but I'm not entirely sure. Do they ever actually do they ever <laughs> actually say why why the tomatoes are attacking? I mean I, I know that the here I'll spoil it. I know the press secretary for the president has this plan to take over the, the country. But I don't know exactly how they do it. Did you guys catch that at all? I didn't catch anything about how the tomatoes gained sentience, as it were, and uh, decided to start attacking. <laughs> only that the press secretary guy was uh, going trying to exploit yeah. it. A couple of times they mentioned that he has a garden. Does that was he growing these yeah. these evil tomatoes or something? He may uh, have been. All I know is that there are three sequels to this movie, <laughs> and. Uh, no idea if they explain it in any of those. I have not one seen of the, any of them. One of the oh, sequels yeah. is a... Three sequels and a uh, Saturday morning... Well, that's uh, what I was going to say. I thought one of them was a, a TV show. Uh, I also have not watched any of anything else other than this movie, and, and I really don't plan to. And yeah, me too. Yeah, in fact, I was, I I was asking before. I was like, hey, guys, which one are we doing? Are we doing this 1990 thing, or are we doing the original <laughs> one? Because I'm watching the original one right now, and I don't want to have to watch two of these. <laughs> well, you know... Only thing, only reason I might watch the sequels is because uh, they they feature John Aston, okay. uh, Gomez ah. Adams from the Adams Family himself yeah. in them. That might make it as a mad scientist who turns the tomato, makes it to where tomatoes can uh, actually shape shift into the form of a human. Having John Aston there might make it worth watching. Oh yeah, yeah there was also a uh, Killer Tomatoes video game on the NES. Okay, by the way. Have, has any anybody played it? Have you guys played that? Okay. I have not. I have not. All right. I'm just learning about that now. Yeah, wow. I had not heard that either. So, well, let's find out here. It's a 2D platform game 
Blah, blah, blah. Um, no reviews. So I guess the press secretary, uh, Richardson, I think is his name. I think he kind of organizes the uh, the military guys and the, the, the federal agents to investigate this tomato attack and purposely puts together this sort of awful team led by Mason Dixon. He's, he's sort of a, a, a disgra- uh, disgraced uh, federal agent, and he's, he's put in charge of a, a guy who's a master of disguise, uh, a, a fancy, really good swimmer, and a scuba diver. The swimmer and the scuba, scuba diver never do anything, I don't think, in the movie, do they? And the master of disguise doesn't do a whole lot either. Although, I have to say, he was my favorite character in the movie, though, because he had a really great scene. The, the Hitler scene? Or the... Okay, he had several. <laughs> he actually had a few scenes that actually made okay. me laugh. Okay, well, what are the other ones? We can talk about him, I guess. Well, th- there was the, the scene where he's dressed up like Hitler, for one. That one, I just died laughing with that <laughs> scene. And, and I suppose we scene, should explain. He's an African-American actor dressed up as Hitler. So, Oh, yeah, the one who was... Yes. Uh, he was um, his whole thing was he was a master of disguise. Right, and at one point he dresses up like a tomato to infiltrate the tomato camp. So, and that's the that's the yeah. scene. That's you the like scene. That. I, I I died laughing because he says one thing in there that gives away his identity. And obviously, it's one of those things where you know he's not a real tomato <laughs> or not really in right. disguise. But the and it's like the other tomatoes don't notice it. And uh, we're we're talking about like forty minutes into the movie <laughs> right. right now. Uh, and the other tomatoes don't notice it until he says this line. Should, should I save it or? Oh, go ahead. I don't think it matters. <laughs> he says, they're, they're, him and the tomatoes are all around a campfire having hot dogs. And he says, will someone pass the ketchup? Oh, he demand, <laughs> he, did, he deserves to be killed for yeah. that. Oh, that was God, a good yeah. bit. He was my favorite character. He was the only character in the film that was consistently yeah. funny. And I, I, I enjoyed him, and I really wish he would have gone on to do some other work because I think he really has a career in front yeah. of him. Yeah, by the way, those of you listening to what we're talking about here but haven't seen the movie, if you're familiar <coughs> with Chicken Boo from Animaniacs, it's kind of the same thing. So yes. How do you not yes. notice that this is not that, you know, <laughs> this is this is not a giant chicken? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> my favorite uh, uh, tangent. My favorite episode of the, the, the Chicken Boo was the James Bond uh, parody and um, and instead of M and Q or whatever the uh, the the, uh, the the head guy was uh, was nicknamed P and when N leaves the office he goes I've got to go P and the other guy goes what oh you're leaving <laughs> we probably should have watched that instead of this movie so yeah Chicken Boo is consistently hilarious I, the first time I watched this movie I really tried to take diligent notes of what was going on, the plot and so forth. You really can't. It's, it's really just a series of jokes. I tried to take notes, too, and, and I'm, I just keep thinking, come on. I, I, I found myself actually saying out loud, come on now, <laughs> over and over and over so much that I could not take notes. I think, you know, and there's a lot of... I think this movie it clearly was supposed to be a parody of horror oh, movies. yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm not sure... I'm not sure that it's a good parody. I'm pretty sure it's not a good parody, actually. My thought about the parody of this is twofold. The first fold is that they are trying too freaking hard. That's all there is yeah. to it. They're just trying too hard. Look at us. We, we're we squeezing into this room with a table. Isn't that funny? I actually, I kind of like that bit, I actually. I like that scene. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Well, thing, yeah. it was, it, 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 like, there was just so much of that kind of stuff. Look at this. Isn't this funny? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, I, I'll grant you that scene was funny, but it did get, uh, it did get well, played out with similar yeah. situations later, like when they're looking for a missing report under the desk. <laughs> well, in the the, certainly they overdid it, but. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, there was just too but much. But then again, of the movie Airplane, they 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 did the you know surely you can't be serious joke several times. They repeated them, but I think but I I think Sean hit it though. They were really just I don't you know what I I, I don't know what to think. All I know is Airplane did it better. Several I was gonna, years later. Well, the thing well, is, three yeah. or four years later, it was as if they were trying to explain the punchline. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought, and that's the first fold. The other fold for me is that. Speaking of airplane, while I was watching Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, Kentucky Fried Movie kept coming into my mind, and I did not yes. like Kentucky Fried Movie. 
I love that one. And and, and I'll tell you one that we're kind of skip. I'm skipping around. I no, apologize, Bill, for doing this. But but puberty love, the big hit song yes. that kept coming up over in the movie. I'm thinking, okay, this whole movie is Kentucky Fried Movie, and Puberty Love is that karaoke song that opens Kentucky Fried. Is it really? Because it has the bad singing and, you know. The, the actual same and song? As far as that goes, I might as well mention it here, talking about trivia. Yeah. The song Puberty Love yep. was sung, was sung yep. by at the then-time teenaged Matt Cameron, who later was the drummer for Soundgarden and since 98... <laughs> And since '98 has been the drummer for Pearl that's Jam. right. He was so credited. He, he was credited by a nickname. It was like Puffy or Puffy, uh, whatever. Oh, was I it? Don't remember. Something I don't I, remember. As soon as the movie was over, I turned the movie off. <laughs> I, mean, I watched through I didn't the, even credits. Watch the credits. So, since we're talking about characters, what do we think about um, the one? I guess is supposed to be the other hero of the movie, uh, the reporter Lois. What's her name? Lois Fairchild. Lois Fairchild. What do we think about her? She's assigned to to she investigate these uh, these weird tomato attacks. You know, I was gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm just thinking about this now. One of my favorite cheesy horror movies from the '80s is called The Stuff. Okay, and um, it's about a dairy dessert that comes bubbling up out of the ground. And of course, what the first thing you see when you see a white stub, six sticky substance bubbling out of the ground, what do you do? You put your finger in it and you taste it. <laughs> Well, it turns out oh, yeah. that it's like uh, eating you from the inside and turns people into zombies, whatever. I love the movie. It's cheesy okay. as hell. But that movie has two characters. I think might have might have actually been inspired by two characters from this hmm. film. Um, there's a character that. called um, Mo Rutherford in uh, the stuff, and uh, he's like this. Um, he's he's this like corporate espionage guy. And uh, his name, uh, people call him Mo because whenever anyone gives up, gives him money, he always wants <laughs> Mo. Um, and I think he might be inspired by Mason Dixon. Okay. And um, there is a a woman in the movie who's wor- who's the producer and director of the commercials for the stuff, and I think she might be based on the character of uh, the uh, reporter character from Attack of the Commandos. Really? Um, I need to w- I need to watch the stuff again. Like I said, that's one of my favorite B movies of all time. But um, I feel like a kind of a they, the two the two sets of characters have a similar vibe. Hmm. It's just that they were the characters are better in the stuff. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, in this one, she seems to be really just there so that the, uh, the editor can make uh, uh, sex jokes, um, pretty much. Yeah. So, I mean, it's 1977. I guess <clears throat> it's kind of what you expect, but. Uh, she doesn't end up doing a whole lot. Uh, and then you have um, Parachute Guy. Um, I don't remember his name now, but his his whole thing seems to just be that he walks around with his parachute all the time. I honestly don't remember that. Uh, that was the guy who was, uh, who, he was, when he was a member of the California Senate. Uh, he is Wilbur Fuller. That was it. I think the, the actor is also one of the writers, if I remember right, of the movie. Maybe not. I might be wrong about that. You are... He isn't. Okay. Um, yeah, seriously, I'm wondering if I should just bow out from this point on, because honestly, I <laughs> so much of what you guys are saying is like, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched it. Well, trust me, I don't think this is going to be a very it's long not. episode. And, I, and I, watched, I watched it. I sat there watching it when I was eating popcorn, and you know, I was... <laughs> Really, really watching it, paying it. Well, that's the problem with the movie, really. Cause I watched it twice. <laughs> First time I tried to take notes, and the second time I did not. And it really didn't matter either way. There, there's just not. Airplane is a movie that. The closest comparison, I think, to this movie. There are, are lines people quote from Airplane now, you know, nearly 40 years later. I don't know if anybody. Well, it's an entirely different kind of movie altogether. <laughs> it's an entirely different altogether. kind of movie. Yeah. Um, so, but people quote lines from that movie all the time. I don't think there's anything quotable about tomatoes. I don't think remember, I remember any from lines this movie, in the movie. Only thing I remember about this movie from this movie all these years is um, is the song "Puberty yeah. Love." That's it. Well, that in the San Diego. Kick. Of course. That and I love the end scene in this movie, though. That, well, okay, the end a, scene did kind of pull me into it, though. I will admit that the end scene. I, I was. We were making the comparisons to Airplane. 
I wonder how much the end sequence of this movie uh, contributed or inspired the uh, the end sequence of the how Naked so? Gun. Well, because A, it takes place in a baseball uh, stadium. Yes. In Southern California. There you go. And at the end, the bad guy of both, well, in this case, a, a gigantic tomato, but in the Naked Gun's case, uh, what's his name? No, he was out of the movie at that point. No, no, no. It was um, Ricardo Maltobon's okay. character was uh, trying to uh, to kill uh, the kill the love interest. Wanted to get uh, yes. So there, yeah, okay. So there were some similarities there. So I'm wondering if maybe either maybe this inspired the end of that movie, or Could maybe be. it's just coincidence. I don't. Um, know. Um, but I did see a bit of a bit of a parallel. Okay. There. Wow, we're really just like not going. We're really not. Um, That's because there's not a whole lot to say about the middle part. The Mason Dixon organizes this group of uh, agents, ostensibly to to figure out why these tomatoes are doing this thing. The press secretary is dispatched by the president to hire an advertising firm. Uh, There's another guy. The advertising guy felt like somebody that I recognized too, but I don't know why. And I hated his scene where he. where he uh, introduced the com- uh, he sings commercial. The- I just thought that was just that isn't that is the textbook example of them trying too hard in this movie. Do you mean where he's that scene should have been at least two minutes? Do you mean where he sings the song? Well, the whole the whole sequence where he introduces the campaign with the song yeah. and everything that should have been either cut down or cut out. His character could have been cut out entirely, yeah. and it wouldn't have affected. Yeah, the movie. I can see that. Well, actually, it might have actually sped the movie up and made it a little bit better. Not yeah. much, not much at all. But you know, I think. Yeah, I don't know. He, I hated that character. So the only person in the whole movie who has it together really is this Richardson, this press secretary. So of course you know, he's going to end up to be the bad guy, and he does. Of course, I forget. There's this weird bit where, and I don't. Maybe you can explain what's happening here. A guy with a ski mask starts shooting people. Is that what's going on? And they, they, yes. Oh, okay. That, um, that scene where he's trying to assassinate with the ski mask guys trying to assassinate Mason Dixon, where he's like in front of it. Yeah. I thought that scene was okay. That was one of like a handful of funny scenes in the film. Yes. Again, I don't even remember. And I'm, I'm having trouble with it too. And I, I watched the thing twice. So. It's in the trailer. Yeah. Really, you only need to watch the trailer for this movie. Because that's about all the funny stuff there is, that two minutes worth of, worth of trailer. Right. So, uh, so eventually, Mason Dixon, they have this big chase. Mason Dixon gets knocked out, right? And there's the big reveal of who the bad guy is. And it's Richardson. And they have this whole thing that the bad guys do where they explain what they're doing before they shoot. they're getting ready to shoot the guy, the good guy. But he never, still never really explains it. He just says, I want to be, I'm tired of answering other people's, giving answers, other people's answers to other people's questions. Because he's the press secretary. It's kind of ironic because in 2019, we have a press secretary who doesn't answer anybody's questions. But um, that's a little political, I suppose. No. Yeah. So I forget how it plays out. Oh, Mason Dixon tells bad guy Richardson, you don't have the guts to shoot me. Uh, I don't think you can do it. And then I guess it's supposed to be a joke about UPS because the UPS guy shows up and gets shot. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay, now it's... Okay, I vaguely remember Yeah, that. I probably skipped a bunch of stuff, but that's basically where we're at at this point. Wait, if I remember correctly, which I probably don't, didn't the UPS guy actually make some kind of important delivery? I, do they ever actually say what he was delivering? Maybe they do. I think... What? I, I thought they no clue. I seem to remember they were open. I don't know. I don't know. It seemed to be. I, I assumed that there was some story reason why it had to be a UPS guy, but uh, I don't know what it would be. So he gets shot. Richardson decides, yeah, I've got the stuff to shoot you now, but then I don't remember what happens because he doesn't get shot. Mason Dixon doesn't get shot. What, what happens then? Does anybody remember? Not a clue. <laughs> Somehow. This movie is like. It's like a it's 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 like having the DTs <laughs> after a night of uh, drunken debauchery. Somehow, he gets the better of Richardson, takes care of him, but he's still got to deal with the tomatoes. So they run back to the stadium for the big showdown, and this is where the puberty love thing comes in. I think. Well, it, it makes several appearances. Yeah. 
yeah, they found out um, there was a scene. I think it was in like the the house, and a kid was going to uh, was. Oh yeah, to be I skipped all that. Yeah. Tomato. Yeah. <laughs> and he uh, and the song "Puberty Love" came on, and uh, the tomato instead of attacking just flew out yeah. the window. And then a little bit, not too much. It was in the scene. It was in the scene with the uh, the, the press secretary, where he finally puts two and two together that the uh, the song "Puberty Love." Uh, makes the tomatoes want to kill themselves, which I think is the funniest concept <laughs> in the whole film. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to spoil the funniest scene of the it. movie. Um, of course, at the end of the movie, uh, they, f- they figure this out, and so what they do is the only people left in San Diego are like the crazy, insane people or whatever. Of course, was, San Diego chicken is one of them. There was a certain term they used. I don't, uh, Bill, do yeah, you Yeah, I, I don't recall what it is. So what happened was they play the song Puberty Love over... Or all the tomatoes rush in to the stadium. They play the song "Puberty Love," and then all of the the, the people that survived like just jump on the tomatoes yeah. and smash them. Uh, but then the, Mason Dixon hears a scream from his girlfriend reporter, yeah. or whatever, and so she's being cornered by a tomato, and uh, the tomato is wearing earmuffs, <laughs> so he yep. can't hear the yeah. song. And so he just holds the sheet music for Puberty Love up to him, and then he deflates, and then he jumps on him. That is... That okay, is I'd funny. forgotten that. Yeah, that, that was funny. That was the funniest scene in yep. the movie. Yeah, that, that, okay, that bit I did yeah. like. I, I will admit. That was, that was but, hilarious. If they could have kept up, if they could have parlayed the, 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 the... That scene had really... Oh, it had good yeah. timing oh. and a hilarious concept. If they could have just done that for the rest of the movie... It would have been great. Oh, by the way, the everybody they gathered in the stadium in San Diego, they were described as, and I quote, "every screwball in San Diego <laughs> County," and that's also how their their show, how it appears in the closing yeah. credits. Oh, yeah. awesome! That it's actually credited like that too. Yeah. So uh, there are little touches like that where, where, yeah, they had some humor. It was pretty good. So that that's basically how the movie ends, I guess. They smash all the tomatoes. Sorry for ruining it for everybody. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, upon release, upon release, this is from Wikipedia. Um, upon release, Variety wrote that the film isn't even worthy of sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Emmanuel Levy gave the film a score of two out of five. Timeout called the film a one-joke spoof. Eric Henderson, reviewing the DVD for Slant Magazine in 2003, opined that even more so than the Samuel Arkoff-like opportunism of the producers. And more so than some of the worst framing this side of Coleman Francis. <laughs> no, God. The really frustrating thing about Tomatoes is the toothlessness of its satire. Yeah. And he goes talking about major missed opportunities, about making some sort of a thing about uh, the America's re- reliance on military power, blah, 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 blah. Um, Rue Morgue writer Michael Gingold uh, later wrote, in review of the Blu-ray disc edition in 2018, wrote that, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes may be one of history's most misunderstood films. It has often been celebrated as a prime prime example of so bad it's funny cinema, when in fact it's an attempt at intentional comedy that is, at best, a scattershot success. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some military humor, but the reviewer was right. There's no there's no teeth to it. There's not a whole lot of satire going on here. So. Yeah, there's one. Yeah, go ahead. I, I remember early in the movie there was something that. I felt uncomfortable watching it. Uh, it's simply a, a difference of today's culture versus, say, 1977. But there's at least a couple times, yeah, like that. Yeah, like a, a, a little Japanese oh, slur yeah. in there and a little uh, homophobic oh, slur. Yes. I was like, yeah. One of the reviews were saying that. I don't know if I should laugh at this. The thing is, one of the reviews were talking about. Uh, had this uh, subtext of how uh, this could have been a spoof of spoof of Japanese monster movies, and I'm wondering if that's what they were going with in that particular yeah, scene. I, oh yeah, um, when they when they dubbed the guy's voice. In. Right. Yes. Um, now we were talking. Oh, about dude, I actually predicted that. I am not kidding. I said, okay, what are they going to do? Are they going to make it look like when that guy talks that he's dubbed? And sure as heck. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the low hanging. Not even right kidding. Right. I. You know what? I'm kind of curious. What year did Kentucky Fried Movie come out? That was around it had to be around time. the same time. Yeah. I love that movie. Although, the uh, the the part of that movie, uh, a fistful of yen. That went on, on for, for too way long. too I, long. If they would have cut that down, the movie would have been. A I lot know better. it's a classic, but I don't think I've ever seen it. To be honest. Oh yeah. God. The, the the commercial for the movie Catholic School Girls in Trouble is hilarious, but don't watch it. <laughs> no, I was kids. pretty sure it's not a family movie, but 
Um, no. Um, okay. Yeah, oh, a yeah, true story, by the way. Same year, 77. It came okay. out the same year, 77. Well, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes actually came out in 78. Oh, did it? But it was, I th- yeah, I think it was, well, it was probably filmed in 77. But this, by the way, this is a true story going back on our uh, previously mentioned tangents. Yeah. True story. Uh, the first, first time my wife and I went to New Orleans, I actually watched both Kentucky Fried Movie and Zero Hour during the flight. Wow. So there's a little connection there. <laughs> so I think it's safe to say that this movie, you have to watch it through the lens of the 1970s, certainly. Um, well, to an extent, yeah. yeah. It's like you can look at this. You're like, oh, this is so 1977. There's so much brown and orange. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, both literally. Well, and, and the humor. Some of the humor too is you wouldn't. Some sure. of the jokes you wouldn't do today. You're talking so. about. You're talking about watching it through lenses yeah. of uh, of the 70s. Um, when the text adventure game, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, came out by Infocom in the <laughs> okay. 80s. Um, it came with, as Infocom games did, it came with a bunch of little throw-ins, you know, in the in, in the mm-hmm. box. One of it, which was a pair of peril-sensitive sunglasses, which is just a black piece of cardboard that was shaped exactly like sunglasses. <laughs> I think you need that to watch <laughs> Or you could just not watch it. That's an option as well. Or just that not too. watch it. That too. Is, is there any plot that we left out? I there was a joke. I don't there was know. A there was a joke that I liked... Uh, <laughs> The Lois and Clark thing. I thought that was kind of funny. Yes, yes, um, that's true. I, I didn't notice that. that. And there was a quick Superman That's Yeah, too. that's like, what I mean. The, Lois is standing... You can kind of hear him take off or something. Yeah, Lois is standing on the sidewalk, and this guy in a suit and glasses walks by. Hi, Lois. And she says, hi, Clark. And yeah, and then you hear the Superman uh, taking off sound. I thought that was funny. So yeah, I mean, there's stuff like that I, that I liked. I'm trying to get more plot stuff that people need to know for this movie. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> No, there's not really. I mean, Lois kind of tries to get Finn to give him give her some information, but that there's nothing that really comes of those scenes. They just kind of bounce from scene to scene, I think, trying to make a joke and move on. There's not a whole lot of plot moving the story forward. Airplane did it better. They had a lot of jokes, but Much. they actually had a plot that they moved forward. So, Well, they stole the plot from zero out. Well, yeah, of course. So I think... Yeah, by the way, you, you, you ever want to diagnose yourself with OCD, watch Zero <laughs> Hour and see how hard, how much it hurts to not hear certain lines. <laughs> so I th- sorry, sorry to keep going off on it. No, I think really what we're... We have more to say about other movies than the one we're supposed to... No, I, I, think, that's, I think that's the takeaway from this review is that <laughs> go watch Zero Hour or Airplane or Kentucky Fried Movie. Oh, you want to hear some, uh, some good news in regards yes, to Yes, please. Yes, please. Yeah, they uh, started filming uh, the remake in July of this year. Oh, do tell. Uh, that's all I knew. Oh. All I know. Um, hold on a second. Ah, tis the season. Um, this is from bloodydisgusting.com. <laughs> um, during Comic-Con last year, you may recall, it was announced that the company Atomic Toy Box was working on a reboot the 78 cult classic Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. With an official website, oh, hold on, i got to open that up, launching the, for the film at, the, at that time. It's been here since we've heard a single thing uh, about the reboot but, reboot, but this week we've learned that the filming is now underway. Uh, director Dustin Ferguson, director of such films <laughs> as Amityville, Evil Never Dies, and, and um, Straight to Video Horror of the 90s, announced on Facebook that today I direct the first attack scene for Attack of the Killer Tomatoes reboot. This has been a long time coming, and I couldn't be more honored. <laughs> honored? So, that's good. Right. <laughs> KillerTomatoes.com. So, uh, maybe you said... Somebody actually registered a domain for that. So, maybe you said, it's a remake, or is it a a sequel, or or what? Do we know? It's a remake. Um, Apparently, it doesn't look like the website's been updated in some time. Um, Hmm. Because it has a link to visit the store, buy the game, and order killer hot sauce. Okay, I gotta see. Oh, you're gonna order the hot sauce. I know you are. (laughs) Um, it will slap you in the face with some puberty love and leave you asking for ice cold Pepsi Cola. <laughs> it don't look like it's very hot. Oh, that's right. I did notice the, pro- the Pepsi product. Pl- I don't know if it was so much product placement or just happened to yeah, be let's there. See, what about this buy the game thing? Somehow I think it wasn't <clears throat> actual like okay. buy the book product placement. <laughs> what is this? Imagine gr- the game. Imagine Grand Theft Auto Five, but with tomatoes and a five dollar budget. <laughs> it's a dollar. What the heck is this? 
Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, no. Let's see what they have in the store. You can buy a hoodie or a trucker hat. Or or no. both, if you want, I guess. Or both. Yeah. Yes, if you want to part with like 60 bucks. <laughs> the, the hoodie is like 40 and the hat's like 15. Wow. Um... Well, it, it, tomatoes are expensive. They, they need to raise some money. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. If you click the watch link, it shows you the trailer for the original. Huh. Um, <laughs> oh, they got a contest. No purchase necessary for entry. Participants will be selected by October 31st, 2018. Ah, too late. <laughs> so. Oh, well. I got to find out more about the remake. Yeah. I, I'm In my head, I'm trying to cast it. I actually am curious. Hmm. Maybe All right. if I see somebody else's take on it, I can follow it a little bit better. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's been 40 years since this movie came out. Yeah. Certainly, you could probably you could probably do Revenge of the Killer Tomatoes or Attack of the whatever it's called, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> well, you could probably do it. You could probably do a decent, funny horror movie with tomatoes. The one you thing know. with the movie, though, um, love it, hate it, yeah. whatever. It's low budget is it's low budget is the film's most endearing yeah. quality. If you now it's one of those deals where if you understand what they had to yep. work with, what they accomplished wasn't bad. Right. I mean they I had guess. I don't know, it was still not a good movie, but at least they got something out there with honestly with respectable special effects yeah. and a few and a few really, really good scenes. Yeah. But you put a big budget in this? Maybe. I mean, I was on board with the idea of just ordinary tomatoes suddenly killing people. I like a movie I like really well is called Night of the Leapers, um, which is oh, yeah. God, I yes. mean, it's just and they use stock footage of, of bunnies, bunnies attacking people, and they're just ordinary looking bunnies. And I think I think that's a really good movie. I like that movie. So, I mean, it's not a good movie, but but I I think it's an entertaining movie. So I was on board with the concept. If they had a budget and to make the uh, killer tomatoes convincing somehow, I think it could be good. Still have some humor in there, you know. Okay, I am on the uh, web, the Facebook page of the director of the remake, and uh, he's also a musician who's had a couple of albums, quote-unquote, drop. Uh, he has a movie... Oh, by Full Moon Studios called Blade, the Iron Cross, a continuation of the um, the Puppet Master series. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Well, well, that's a thing. Yeah. Okay, let's see here. Uh, let's see what he's done here. Um, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes reboot is to be announced as far as the release date. First movie he directed was Terror at Black Tree Forest in 2010. Hmm. Uh, Oh, a sequel to the Boggy Creek movies, The Legacy of Boggy Creek. Uh, Slumber Party Uh, (laughs) Slasher-thon. Cheerleader Camp to the Death. Silent Night Bloody Night 2 Revival. Uh, Just going down here, just selecting ones. Uh, The Twelve Slays of Christmas, S-L-A-Y-S. Uh, hmm. Meat Hook Massacre 2. Now that sounds like a good one. That's um, I'm, I'm watching that with the kids on Christmas. Uh, there you go. Um, yeah. House of Pain in 2018 because you just want to jump around. Uh, Robo Woman uh, that was released this year, and he's got the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes uh, reboot or re-sequel or whatever they whatever well, they call it. Just going by the titles, he sounds like the guy to do this. So. Yeah. You know, it, it could be good. I don't know. Could be. Maybe uh, if they ever make it. This this could have been a good movie. It really could have been. You know what? It had had pretty much all of the ingredients correct. Sure. It just didn't. I mean, they they put them all into the blender, and it just tasted like a kale smoothie. Yeah, I don't know what could have made it a good movie, but I think something could. I don't think the script is great. I don't. They certainly didn't have a budget. I don't know if either one of those things, more money or a better script, would do it by itself. Maybe both of those things together. I don't know. You don't yeah. need a good budget for to follow a plot. Case in point, Manos, The Hands of Fate. $19,000 budget. <laughs> First time I saw it, I could, t- I could tell you what happened. 
right away. I can't tell you what happened in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, and I just watched the freaking. <laughs> yeah, so you're right. Maybe, maybe better, better script. I do think if Trump the humor was budget. a little bit more subtle instead of like, see what we're doing? Ha ha, aren't yeah, we funny? But you know, Airplane is you know, not subtle at all. You... So, well, I think it, I, thing, well, I think it is in that they don't try to shake you with the joke, say, this is a joke, laugh at it. Here's the thing with that. And I was actually going to bring this up, uh, make a comparison here <coughs> do between, between uh, Killer Tomatoes and Airplane. Airplane. They've played everything straight-laced and let the humor happen. Killer Tomatoes, yes. they perp- they were trying to force the humor. Case and yeah. To make an example, I think you're right. Yeah. Leslie Nielsen. And when he mm-hmm. was doing The Naked oh, yeah. Gun, he was doing Airplane, he was playing it straight. In his later movies, like Dracula Dead and Loving It, uh, Mr. Magoo, um, uh, uh, 2000, well, he, did a, he did a parody of, uh, of 2001 in the science fiction movies, which... Uh, a straight, a, a space travesty. Uh, when he was doing those, oh, I never saw that one. Nudging at the camera, like trying to, yeah, he was he was always like right. looking at the camera, trying to, you know, he was trying to be funny instead of actually playing it straight and let the funny happen. And I think that was the problem, yeah. the biggest problem with Killer Tomatoes is they were trying to make it, they were they were trying to force the humor instead of letting the humor yeah. happen. The the humor was weak to begin with, and they were trying to sell it. Yeah, I think you might be right. That, weak that's the humor, problem, though. The weak, yeah, weak humor. Even if the humor is weak, you can still parlay that. You can still through. You can make it work. Production actually makes sure. it stronger. Sure. Yeah. There's one thing. And, I, there's one thing I do want to talk about though. Briefly is, I do think the theme song was genuine to the kind of movies they were trying to parody. Because I'll, I'll tell you this: I first heard. The Attack of the Killer Tomatoes song on the Dr. Demento show. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. They'll beat you, bash you, squish you, mash you, chew you up for brunch, and finish you off for dinner or lunch. And yeah, I always I thought, I, di- I didn't know anything about the movie. I always thought, oh, it must be for uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. It must be one of those cheesy, like, late 50s B-flicks. It's not. But the theme very consistent with that kind of thing. Until I did the game a couple months ago and heard of this movie I was, again, I assumed, I assumed the same thing. That it was a 1950s or 60s 50-foot woman type yeah, movie. Yeah. yeah. That's what I always thought, too. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I was already kind of disappointed when I found out, oh, this is from 1977, 1978? <laughs> the theme did remind me of the uh, the awesome theme song from The Blob. Oh, I don't remember that. That is a cool song. Beware it, of the blood. It, 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 it's, it's very, it's and very all, like the, adult lounge easy listening. And it was a top ten hit. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Okay. I got to see where it hit the charts. I love the guitar part in that song. It's just such a cool riff. Yeah. Um, Again, we're talking about something that's not uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. It just reinforces the idea that. Most other movies are more interesting than this one, so no offense to anyone who was in this movie who might be listening. The odds are pretty low of that, I guess. Mosquito Coast, I will say that. (laughs) That's a Harrison Ford one, isn't it? Yes. Okay. the uh, the The theme song for the Blob was actually (coughs) was recorded by a group of American studio musicians called the Five Blobs. Um, <laughs> written by. Oh, you know who wrote the theme song for the Blob? I do not. Burt Bacharach. I was gonna guess really? that actually. Uh, it peaked. Oh, okay, it wasn't a top ten hit. It peaked at number thirty-three on the Billboard Hot 100 in November of 1958. Wow. And also, but it did hit the top ten on the regional LA chart. Huh. And the B side of the single contained a song called "Saturday Night in Tijuana," which was also credited to Bacharach. Man. Uh, Buck Rock. That was the only song that the five blobs made. 
Does it say who the five blobs were? Like, was it the standard studio LA musicians like um, Hal Blaine and well, the Tommy session, Tedesco? Well, session the session leader was Bernie Nee. Huh, never heard of him. Uh, that's about... Uh, well, the song was actually written by Burt Bachrock and, and Hal Mac David. David. Oh, Ma- who? Mac David. Mac David, Not- Hal David's brother. Oh, I didn't know there was a Mac David. Well, uh, now you know. Yeah. Yo-Jo. Um, okay, who's Bernie Nee? Um, actor and singer-musician. Um, <laughs> his biggest top 40 hit was one where his name did not appear. Okay, that's about the blob. It doesn't really give me any more information about the <laughs> session musicians. Yeah, watch the blob. Okay, All right. here's, here's our list. Watch Airplane. Watch the blob. The stuff. The Naked Gun. Uh, zero <laughs> Hour. Movie. Kentucky Fried Movie. Yeah. Zero, zero Hour. Zero yeah, Hour. Yeah. But not, <laughs> not Attack of the <laughs> Do not. Exactly. Well, maybe, I guess we should say, maybe the... the one of those na- movies. Maybe the 1990s one is good. Okay, it's probably not, but maybe it is. And the, uh, the, kids, the cartoon, maybe the cartoon is good. I don't know. I guess we shouldn't we shouldn't now push. Got to see if got to see if there's a clip of it on YouTube that we can watch. <laughs> oh boy. So I I really was hoping for having not remembered much of the movie. Oh, as I say for having not remembered much of the movie, we certainly have a lot to talk about. We covered a lot yeah, of stuff. Most of it was about other things. Yeah, but Here we go. Here's the intro. Okay. Let's see. Um is that John Aston doing the voice there also? Oh, it has an updated version of the classic theme song. Cool. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> kind of an 80s Rocky version. Uh, Sweet. That I really do think that you cannot top the uh, 77 version. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. It, it, it is a good. It, so, that is good. That is one good thing about. Give the, them the. All right. The, See, as we're as we're song. as we're closing out, we're we're thinking of good things to say. That's good. I'm actually enjoying the intro to the uh, the cartoon show. Yeah. Of course, Some... the hot chick in the cartoon. Okay, the the guy with the uh, the parachute is in the is in the show, and it looks like the press secretary's there okay. and John Aston's character. Um, and the hot chick in the cartoon is uh, is a uh, tomato in disguise. Um. Okay, now I gotta look. Wait, up was was there Damn was you. there was <laughs> was the hot chick? I missed this. Was the hot chick in the movie? I'm confused. She was in the sequels. Oh, okay. Now, the hot chick right. in the cartoon was in the sequels, but not the original film. Uh, oh, all right, all right. Oh wait, no, that's the movie. I don't want the movie. I want the cartoon. Here we are. <laughs> okay. Um, da 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 da. It aired on Fox Kids from September 8, 1990 to November 23, 1991. Um, blah, 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 blah. I wonder why. Uh, okay, John Aston did do the voice in the cartoon. Okay. Uh, let me see here. Who's oh, Maurice LaMarche did a uh, really? voice in the cartoon. Yes. Oh. Okay. That might be worth checking out. I, yeah. I love Maurice LaMarche. Oh, who does Oh, Rob Paulson is in it. No. Peaky and the Brave. Oh my goodness! Oh yeah! Oh. Huh. Okay, oh. I'm definitely checking this out. Now. <laughs> okay, so here, John Aston, Tom Bray, S. Scott Bullock, Cam Clark, Chris Guzek, Maurice Lamarche, who has obviously several characters, Chuck McCann voices a character called Beefsteak, uh, <laughs> Rob Paulson, Neil Russ, Susan Silo, and Kath Sousey. Susie. Oh, she was she was in. I think she did some stuff on The Simpsons, maybe Family Guy. Let's see here. Yes. Uh, she's doing a voice in Space Space Jam Two. She was in Wreck It Ralph. Curious yeah, George. That is definitely Food. a familiar name. Rugrats Go Wild. Rugrats in Paris. Oh, okay. She did the voice. She did the voices of uh, Phil, Lil, and Betty in the Rugrats uh, uh, cartoons. That's where I know the name from. Never watched it, so. Rugrats in Paris is one of the few movies. Yeah, one of the few w- movies that actually makes me cry. I wasn't a <laughs> I Rugrats guy. Yeah. And, and um, let's see here. Television Tommy. movies. Uh, da, 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 da. Direct to video. She did a bunch of stuff. Live action. T- oh, she was in Home Improvement. She did. Claire Taylor screams. So. <laughs> huh. 
and uh, she did a lot of cartoons. Holy cow! But I, yeah, hmm. I remember her from Rugrats. She did a oh. lot of voices on Rugrats. Okay, actually, not even just those three main ones. Wow, she's been all okay, over. Okay, I'm place, gonna have so. to check the cartoon out now. It's got she was in the replacement. It's got some promise. Yeah, it might actually be good. I don't see any reviews of it. Uh, hmm. The second season of the show is known for being the first Saturday morning cartoon series to be computer animated, according huh. to Wikipedia. Of course, there's a citation needed after that. Of course. <laughs> I wonder why they made a cartoon so many years later. To tie into the sequels. Oh, okay. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Okay. And the uh, video game is based on the cartoon. Right, right. The NES game. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And it doesn't say anything. There are no reviews of it. However, <laughs> given the talent behind the scenes, I'm going to check this out. It sounds like it's got some promise. I think that I, I, just from what the, the just the uh, vibe I get from the, the opening sequence that I just watched on YouTube, looks like it actually might be halfway decent. Hmm. All right. Well, there's some potential. Okay, yeah. well, there, there's a silver lining, possibly. <laughs> is there anything, I guess to wrap it back around to video games, is there anything about this movie, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, that makes you think, yeah, they should have made a video game of this? Uh. The end sequence, when they're jumping out in the tomatoes, yeah. could have been tr- turned into whack-a-mole. Okay. okay I, could, I could see that. That's about it, though. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine. All right. Because the whole thing is, really, the killer tomatoes are indestructible unless you can somehow get them to listen to Puberty Love or look at the sheet music. Well, they did. Before, I guess we didn't... You remember... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, did you guys uh, see the Tim Burton film Mars Attacks? I did not. Sure. The way that they killed the aliens in Mars Attacks is the same way they killed the tomatoes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, now that I think about it. Because it was a stupid, horrible, horrible song that killed the aliens. Yeah, you're right. But I remember in, seeing their, uh, they're wearing their helmets, and they play the song, and then their heads just go, poop, yeah. you're right inside the helmet. I'd forgotten that until now, but yeah, you're right. But in the movie, in, wow. killer, in killer Tomatoes, until the, I guess we didn't explain this, in the beginning of the movie, the tomatoes were just tiny like regular tomatoes, but then they start to mutate yeah. and grow. But at the beginning, yeah. they're able to, to yeah. smash them with just shooting them with a shotgun or, or a handgun or whatever. Um, it's only later on that they have to use you know, other means. So, uh, I, I don't know. I was going somewhere with that, but that's basically the point. <laughs> uh, that's basically the, I guess that's how they ramp up the tension in the movie, um, making the tomatoes bigger, I guess. So, Yes. Um. All right. So. Oh, I know where I was going with that. You can make a video game of that, right? A duck hunt kind of thing. Um, sure. Shooting mm-hmm. tomatoes. Sure. You could do that. All right. Any final thoughts about okay, Attack you know of the... What? Yeah. Go ahead. Now I just decided I'm going to have to try to uh, see if I can't do a graphics hack of Moon Patrol and just change everything into tomatoes. <laughs> Go for it. Like, instead of rocks, you have tomatoes, and yeah. are tomatoes. Yeah. It could, I bet it could be done. It could be a tie-in. It's hell, but it could be done. Yeah. Yeah. A tie-in oh. with the new oh. the new uh, movie that we're getting, apparently. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I wonder how that's going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're, work, they're busy uh, in some uh, studio somewhere, cranking out uh, the, the script as we speak, so... I will say this, though. The website it seems to have more updates than the Atari VCS website. Oh! I went there. <laughs> <sighs> well, hey, it, re- it ties it back to the Atari Bytes. Uh, That's right. I didn't, we gonna, I, I didn't know how we were going to do that. You, I thanks, do Jim. That. I appreciate that. Any f- <laughs> final thoughts about 1977, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? <sighs> I think that was it. <laughs> I try not to think about it. <laughs> I guess the you know other, what, though? Yeah. It might be one of those movies I'll watch. It, it might, I, I might actually watch this again at some point. All I know yeah. is, Bill, you got your revenge, whatever we did to you. <laughs> well, yeah. that was my next question, if we're, if we're ever going to speak again after today, now that I've made you do this. so Now you have to watch Manos, The Hands of Fate, without the Mystery Science Theater or <laughs> Rift Tracks commentary. That's fair. That, that's that, that seems fair. I've done that. <laughs> 
that's an experience. <laughs> Holy cow. All right. Well, I'm going to get busy doing that. In the meantime, thanks for coming on the show. Happy holidays, all of thanks that for stuff. Us. Yeah. So uh, have a good holiday. Have a good New Year's. You know, good, have a good 2020. If we don't hear from people. Yeah. If we don't hear from people before then, have yeah. a great Elvis's birthday. And if we well, don't hear from people before then, I hope your Elvis's birthday is miserable. <laughs> yes. They're down the holes. They're crawling up the holes. They're gooey, gushy, squishy, mushy, rotten to the core. They're standing outside your door. Thanks again to Sean and Jim for coming by to talk about Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I hope they forgive me one day and come back on the show again. If you're not already listening to their podcast, Pie Factory, well, you should. Also check out Sean's other podcast, Autobiography of a Schnook. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Competech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs on this show, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Mike Mann for the Mad Mike Hughes theme. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers, but make sure you head over to Apple Podcasts and throw some Rotten Tomatoes into a review of this show. Not to say that it's bad, but maybe you could like throw them in, you know, in the shape of letters and maybe spell out five-star review in Rotten Tomato Juice or something. I don't know. Give it some thought. You'll figure it out. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. You can like the show on our Facebook page. You can follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, look us up on Instagram. Don't forget, you can also call and leave a voicemail for the show, too. I'm not going to answer the phone, but you can leave a message at 563-265-1978 about any damn thing you want. Check out the new website, which isn't so new now, I guess www.carnivalofgleecreations.com What are you going to find there? Well, you're going to find information and social media and links to episodes for this show, Atari Bytes, and for my other podcast, the monthly It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, where I talk about anything and everything related to the iconic Peanuts comic strip and the films and the TV shows and the merchandise and the mind of creator Charles Schultz himself. We've had authors, we've had playwrights, we even had an actor who did the voice of Charlie Brown in a ton of TV specials. We do all sorts of stuff over there. So if you like Snoopy, you like Charlie Brown, you like cartooning, you like popular culture, go check out that show and tell your friends because you know you've got a ton of friends and family who do like those things to check out that show. And you can find out more information at www.carnivalofgleecreations.com. Also on that website, you can find out about books that I've written. Misery Banana, Very Short Stories Inspired by Old Games and Odd Thoughts, is a book filled with stories that you have heard on this very podcast. It's coming up on the new year, but it's still the holiday season, so you might also consider my novel, In the Saint Nick of Time, a Santa Claus story for adults. Find out more about those books at the website. Please also consider supporting the show financially by making a donation on the Atari Bytes Patreon page. You can be like... Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, and Sean Courtney, and with your donation, help keep the lights on here at the studio and get access to cool stuff, like getting episodes of this podcast early and getting bonus episodes, bonus content, all sorts of cool stuff over there. Go check out the Atari Bytes page on Patreon. You can still get Go Play Some Old Games They've Missed You shirts and mugs at the AB underscore pod underscore store store. On Zazzle.com, sometime in 2020, that store will be updated and revised. Next time on Atari Bytes. The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yep, that's what we're doing. Mickey Mouse and the whole bit. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.
Oh, 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 oh,